Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Have you come across Apple TV's new Spielberg Hanks variation of Band of Brothers? It's called Masters of the Air, and it follows the U.S. 8th Air Force Unit's uh, 100th Bomb Group on the dangerous mission to bomb targets inside German-occupied Europe in World War II. Now, there's an interesting New Zealand connection to this bit of World War II history. Johnny Checkets. How's that for a name of an ace? Fighter Johnny Checkets was a motor mechanic in Invercargill who ended up flying 60 missions with the 8th Air Force as a fighter ace, flying as fighter cover to protect the bombers. He was awarded the American Silver Star for his service. That's very unusual for something someone from another country. And Johnny's son, Chris Checkets, is here to tell us more about his dad's life. Hi, Chris. Hi, Jesse. How are you? Oh, I'm great, thanks. And you and the family must be tremendously proud of your father. Oh, yes, we always have been. Um, have you seen this new series, Masters of the Air? No, I haven't as yet. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, my daughter's presently arranging some Apple TV for us. So, oh, cool. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think you can sign up for a week for free and then you can, then you can quit it so you don't have to uh, get the credit card bill. <laughs> that might be the binge, binge watch. It. Did your dad, Johnny, because I imagine part of the enjoyment of it for you might be to sort of put some pictures and images to the stories you've heard about your dad. Did he tell you much about the war? No, not initially. He was very, well, dad was a very humble man. Um, and he certainly didn't like the limelight at all, but uh, more latterly in his life when his, Vincent Orange wrote a book called The Road to Big and Hill about him which was his life story basically um, and then subsequent to that book Bob Parker did a This Is Your Life program yeah. on him from the museum here at Wigram Some people will remember that, that was around 1980 I think, or 1990 right. Yeah. Yes, Um so he, he sort of opened up a bit more about it, and in the in the in his last few years, he used to come around home and we'd sit and chat, and I'd you know he'd talk about a lot more. Yeah. yeah. Um. So can you tell us what his role was, and and maybe that that one hundredth bomber group, what what they did? Well, Dad uh, initially um, was posted to a squadron, a fighter squadron at Biggin Hill, six one one squadron, as a um, a flight commander there, and that squad, no, the wing there at Beacon Hill was led by another very famous New Zealander, Alan Deer. Six on one squadron was eventually um, sent back for rest and to be and replaced by four eight five New Zealand Spitfire Squadron with brand new Mark Nine Spitfires, and Dad was appointed uh, promoted to the squadron leader and 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 led 485 Squadron on that, out of Biggin Hill. So all of those operations that he flew um, with 485 
right, the 60 that I mentioned, were flown from Biggin Hill when he was leading 485 Squadron. What was his role? Can you tell us what he did? He was the squadron leader. So uh, he, he led all the, the, the 12 fighters in the 485 Squadron. Um, so he, his, his squadron... Uh, were part of the escorts of many of the of those of those sixty um, bombing missions that the Americans that they escorted for. The British bombed uh, at night, but the US, when they joined the war, preferred daytime bombing, which was that's right, yeah, more accurate but more dangerous. Yes, yeah. Well, they, and these squadrons, they, they, these uh, they, these bombing missions were over mainly France, um, so they were. More marauders or B-24s, I think they are, B-26s. Um, so there were more bombing targets in France, the, yeah. the missions that he flew, yeah. And it turns out that he was a very good shot. Oh, well, evidenced by his, his duck shooting and things like that, poor, the poor ducks didn't have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> And how about enemy planes? How did he do against them? Well, he's confirmed confirmed with 14 and a half kills. Um, he was the only uh, Spitfire pilot in World War II to shoot down two V-1 flying bombs and a Mark V Spitfire. And he's also credited with the destruction of two e-boats and then uh, um, a number of road transports and things like that. Made a big difference, eh? Oh, it made a difference, yes, undoubtedly. I may regret asking this, but how do you have 14 and a half kills? Two pilots. Uh, Got well, it. Got it. You split yeah, it. Got yeah. it, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and he got a reputation for great skill and cover, courage, obviously based on that. And then in 1943, he was shot down. What happened there? Well, uh, this, uh, he, he was escorting on his last mission. Um, and he got shot down. Uh, escorting again American bombers, uh, bombing uh, uh, targets in northern France, and they um, got attacked by uh, twenty Focke-Wulf one nineties, which they he managed to shoot down one, and he chased one down to low level, but uh, had to break off the action because he ran out of out of ammunition. And Spitfires only had fifteen seconds with the ammunition, so they could fire that off very quickly. Is so, that right? And so he was he was on, trying, you know, racing to get home, and uh, he got, they got attacked by another five Focke-Wulfs, and, and he got he got mortally hit, and luckily parachuted to, and his parachute out, and um, was picked up by the French Resistance, who uh, hit him and helped him treated his wounds and helped him escape back to France in a small lobster boat. Oh, my gosh. Across the channel to fight again. Gosh. Couldn't keep him down, eh? Yeah. So uh, and he continued on operations, and on D-Day he, was, he had a, a wing of Spitfires, a wing's made up of three squadrons, so 36 aircraft and... They were over the beaches of Normandy at five thirty in the morning. And I mean, stories are one thing, but this is backed up by official recognition. He was awarded 
the Distinguished Flying Cross, the Distinguished Service Order and the Silver Star. I imagine that he's got a pretty impressive uh, uh, or had a pretty impressive um, rack of medals and things around him. Oh, yes, well, well, in addition to that, too, he's, he had another foreign decoration. Part of his wing um, on D-Day, one of the squadrons was a Polish squadron and he was awarded the Polish Cross of Valour. Again, the only New Zealanders to have ever been awarded that. Uh, and and that, that, again, is the highest decoration that the Polish government yeah. in exile could award a, a non-Polish citizen. Yeah. Um, Pam is listening. She says she visited the Wigram Air Force where your dad, Johnny Checkett's features, and she says her mm. father was a World War II pilot, also from Southland. And she seems to remember your dad was famous or infamous for flying under the Gore Bridge in the 50s. Does that ring any bells? Uh, I think that's... Uh, Apocryphal. I know, that, I know that Dad was dead to fly under the Balclutha Bridge by another <laughs> aerial top dressing island. Uh, the Gore Bridge would be pretty low. You wouldn't get under, underneath that, but the Balclutha Bridge is possible. Whether he did it or whether or not, he's never, ever said. But... Uh, I don't know whether he, he would either confirm or deny that. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember much of that This Is Your Life show? I do, vividly, yes. Yeah. yes. Well, yeah. What were the sort of highlights of it? There was a bit of a reunion, I understand. Yes, well, they brought uh, Alan Deere, of course, who I mentioned before. He came out for it. Um, and they brought all the surviving members of 485 Squadron um, in New Zealand down to it. One of the French resistance women came out. Um, Gosh, it was a very, it was a very emotional thing. Dad was mortified when he first <laughs> when they first sprung upon him. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part of that show, eh? When they'd, yeah. they'd trick them and they'd think they were going to some dinner or something. Yes, yeah. And then well, Bob Parker would come out in his tuxedo. Yeah, well, t- um, they had Tim Wallace's uh, Spitfire out on the tarmac here at Woodruff, and. But the deception was that uh, that his particular Spitfire was flown by Australians, and there's some Australian veterans there looking at it, and they they inveigled Dad to come along to meet them, and then all of a sudden, he, sudden Rodney Bryant and Bob Parker popped out. Oh gosh, Rodney uh, Bryant. Then uh, Dad and uh, myself and um, and mother and brother and sister were. We were sort of locked up here in the hangars, getting going through re- rehearsals oh. and things like that. So we had to hide from Dad all day, <laughs> <laughs> and then he had, and then he was taken home and changed and smuggled into the place. So yeah, it was yeah, uh, an interesting day. Yeah, no, oh, and, and time afterwards because I think it's the last time that many of those pilots got together again. Yeah. So he survived World War Two and then lived to how old? Ninety-four. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, he had. Uh, he he also uh, he remained on in the air force after the war, of course, and um, had quite a number of significant uh, feats that he did. He's, he flew a mosquito from Sydney to Ohaki in a trans Tasman record time that still exists today, um, of, of three hours thirty minutes. Yeah. Uh, he was the Air Force's first jet pilot. He'd flown meteor jets in England before he came home from the war. And, of course, the RNZAF had 
had won and he'd flown through that round the country on various um, fly-by flights. And then uh, he was, uh, when he was after, he had a staff college course in England um, for a year and when that was completed, he was asked or told to go and convert to vampires with the RAF and we went to Germany for six months where he flew with the RAF there and then came home and introduced vampires to service here at Arapia. Wow. He's remembered by a couple of street names in New Zealand. Yes, there's, well, there's a street here in Christchurch just around the corner from the museum or Checkers Avenue and that was uh, that particular suburb or, or division was done by a cousin of Dad's and he so he named one of the streets yeah. here Ch- Checkers Avenue and I understand there's now a, a Checkers Lane or something in Invercargill. Great. Mm. Thank you for remembering your dad with us today, Chris, and drop me a note once you've seen that uh, World War Two series on Apple, once you got the subscription organised. I'd love to hear what you think of it. I will, yes, yeah. Good stuff. It would be my pleasure. Thank yeah. you very, Thanks very for your time much. today. Chris Checkets, whose father, Johnny Checkets, a motor mechanic in Invercargill who flew 60 missions with the 8th Air Force, who are now the subject of that Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks miniseries, Masters of the Air. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.